Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Tannett. We are back, and today should be a calm and relaxing episode. Our guest is Cherise Spain from So Hooked on Treasures, and we're so excited to talk to her. She is a quilter and crochet artist. We think you should know her. In our final segment, we have a letter from a listener who wrote in after the quilt coach controversy. Say that five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) You guys ready to dive in? You bet. All right. How are you both? I'm good. I got things up and running in my <gasps> sewing room. I was about to ask. <laughs> you your tablet, a, is a the quilt. tablet fixed? Yes, the tablet oh, is all happy. Um, when when I got ready to quilt in February, I said I was going to work on learning new things. Mm-hmm. So um, when my tablet arrived, I outlined the shape of a basket and then cropped the design to fit in the basket and it worked (gasps) Um, and then I had these little skinny borders they're only like two inches wide and I had done borders before where I stitched them vertically as I was rolling the quilt and I didn't like how it came out so this time I actually quilted the top border and the bottom border and then took the quilt off the frame. Okay. And turned it and did the other two borders wow. like you would typically stitch. And it worked. Yay. Oh my God. Wow. The quilt oh. is ready to trim and bind, and I'm just delighted with it. Oh, wow. nice. Now, is this the one that you were doing for your guild that you wanted to have? So will you be able to take it next month? Yes. Yes. Awesome. I can take oh, it to guild next month. Woohoo. That so be prepared, awesome. guild. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My brain kind of goes haywire when I when I think about like the possibilities of doing that on the computer on the long arm. And I just recently watched a video. Um Adam, what is his last name? Darn it, I forgot. Radcliffe. You know. Yes. yes. Um, so I watched a video that he did on YouTube and it was completely fascinating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so cool that the possibilities of zeroing in on a particular spot in a block and then doing a custom design and just you yeah. draw it and it, you just push a button and it goes crazy. Oh, yes. Yes. Says yeah. the woman who still has trouble with her quarter inch seam. <laughs> <laughs> Well, are you working on anything? You sound good. You sound like you're you're heading oh, in the right health direction. Definitely headed in the right direction. Um, I realized yesterday, like last night, that I I was like, hey, that was two days in a row that I actually like. I think I worked longer than eight hours. Nice. You know, I was working until like almost six o'clock both nights, just trying to catch up on things. And and I was while I was tired, I still could focus. Which I think that was the big thing is like the brain fog is lifting. I still have moments where I get really like, what is the word? Or, oh my gosh, you know, I say the wrong thing or, or just forget what I was saying. But for the most part, much, much better. Good. Um, So I've got about, I'm looking at my sewing table. I've got three projects on it. (laughs) I know. I've actually done a little shopping. So, um, 
So that's mainly what I've been doing um, is shopping and buying more fabric and, you know, that I can't resist and, and, you know, adding to the pile. Um, But I also got some things to go with um, the scanning cut. So I'm planning to like really start diving in. Um, I've been watching some videos on that too. Um, Watched a video. The woman is, um, we should have her on the show actually, now that I think about it. Um, Her channel on YouTube is called Power Tools with Thread. And she did a video on um, Lori Holt's new pattern. Okay. And Lori Holt has a very specific way to do applique. And um, she it's really kind of cool. She has templates. You draw on interfacing. You stitch around the, the shape. And then you s- cut a little slit in it and you flip it. And you've got like a perfectly turned edge applique. And that's how she does it. And this woman was like, well, I'm not doing it that way. (laughs) She bought the templates and then drew it on a piece of paper and put it into her scanning cut. And then she's actually doing fusible applique with it. And I literally, like, my brain exploded. (laughs) I don't know why I was, like, hung up on it before, like, I have templates. Like, I have to actually make it that way. No, I don't actually have to make it that way. I can make it any way I want. And Mm -hmm. I just loved it. So it's, you know. So that's the kind of things I've been thinking about and buying stuff for and, you know, so mainly, mainly I'm still got to get sewing on like two projects that I have going, including my Ruby Jubilee. Um, Yay. So quick story um, before I asked you what you're doing, Ginger, um, but I had, I've had a couple of people who um, I've been trying to catch up with the hashtag and watch what people are making with their blocks and having so much fun seeing all the different colors that people are doing or, you know, using up actual scraps. This woman that I saw yesterday was using like the funkiest novelty prints in hers. It was super cute. Um, But a woman wrote to me like at first, like I, I said, I liked her blocks and didn't realize that she was a friend of Abby Dollinger's Lori. Nice. So, so I had to, so I commented and she commented back and then a few minutes later she comments again she's like oh I just realized who you are which <laughs> me up. and then she um was having a problem with her subscription so I put two and two together that Bonnie Hunter asked everybody to renew their subscription in November but the January issue had already shipped And so no one got that issue and everyone was complaining of why they weren't getting their January issue. And when I finally put it together, I was like, oh, darn. So I asked her to email me um, and show me. I just said, you know, email me, send me, show me that you subscribed and I'll send you a digital copy of the issue. So she did. So now we've put together that she's having her mailman is like the U.S. Postal Service is causing problems. Like it's just stuff isn't getting to her in a timely is manner. Is he a quilter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stealing I, I, her magazine. I don't want to blame the exact mailman. So we're just going to say USPS. Yes, okay. okay. <laughs> she's having some issue. I'm not sure where she lives, but there's some issue of things getting to her really slowly. So. Um, she just commented on the same post and said, you know, Tracy, can, is there any way I could switch over my subscription? Well, she and I had her email me again, um, was trying to get her situated with customer service so that she was getting her magazine because she should already have it. It's already been like three weeks out. And, um, and so she, she started commenting and she said, you know, it would, I would really appreciate it if you showed some different colors in the magazine because I don't like that tomato red. 
which oh. I smiled and I was like, okay, so it's coming up as tomato red in when it prints, but you know, I like bright, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she's talk, commenting on mine because Denise's blocks are the other blocks and she's using some Moda. I'm using some Riley Blake. They're very different, I think. Um, but clearly she's just seeing the bright ones. And I all of a sudden had an idea that I was like, you know, what if I actually have her submit or maybe Abby submit pictures of their blocks and put it in the pattern. So I'm kind of formulating an idea that maybe we'll have some, I'll send out the pattern a little early to a couple of select readers. And if they send in their photos, they can be in the pattern. So that's oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. So what are you working on, Ginger? Anything exciting? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so uh, I, I've just been slammed with work lately, but it's been fun work. Um, we did a bunch of product videos for Alpha. So mm. I've been playing with, like, their latest and greatest toys. Um, I got to play with the circle rotary cutting mat or uh, cutter, the circle mm-hmm. cutter. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I, I'm just, oh, my God, I've made so many circles now, and I love curves. Ooh. So anyway, yes. so I've literally got, like, a stack of uh, circles now that i got to figure out something to do Can with. you use that to do, like, Junkert's Path-type blocks? Oh, yeah, totally. Ooh, totally. It's so fun. easy. And, uh, you know, it, it, it you, you just have to practice it. Like, once you practice it, it really is. It's like just stirring a pot. Like, you're stirring a pot uh. and making the circles. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. So that video is going to be coming out. Um, I think they want to use it for, like, Joanne's and, like, their product description pages so that'll be a lot of fun and then they had their folding uh, mat which is fabulous because you can just pop it right into your bag oh and go i love and, that yes so that's really great and then um what was the other one that we uh were, oh the frosted uh rulers the frosted acrylic rulers love them love oh, love, love them. so anyway so yeah so i've been playing with those all week um didn't get to work too much on my own stuff i still have all of my ruby jubilee blocks they're all cut out and taunting me like saying <laughs> sell me sell me film me because i want to get back into doing my blocks so uh so i definitely am excited to jump back into that and then oh I'm loving the way that it's looking. I've got my one, um, it's my uh, allies quilt that I've been working on forever. And I did start the quilting and I've already spent two and a half days, almost like straight, like nine hours each day doing the matchstick quilting. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, what was I thinking? Now that I'm like, (laughs) I've got like probably about three fourths of it done. And oh my God, I feel like I'm just looking at that last part. And I was like, my back's like, no, don't don't go. Because you're doing it on a domestic. I am. Oh my gosh. Yes. And and it's great because I've borrowed the, um, it's a beautiful machine. It's the, um, what is it? The brother... Um, I, it's part of their quilt club and it was a machine that we had used. Um, we had done a sneak peek on it and I had brought it home cause I knew I wanted that space to kind of quilt it mm-hmm. and it's been fabulous. It's so great and I love it, but oh my God, it's so much stuff. And I'm like, okay, Ginger, you, you, you wanted to do this. So well, just stick with it. <laughs> when it's done, it's going to look great. Yes. I'm so excited. And I'm so, I love the thread. I ended up going with kind of like a mustard yellow Ooh. in it because the whole thing is kind of, I just love, uh, burgundies and oranges and yellows and all that. And oh my goodness, it looks so good. So Yay. I just need to be patient. I need to suck it up and just like finish up that last bit. And then though, I'm already thinking because I probably I want to. I loved hand stitching my um, bindings, and I'm like, 
next, then I'm going to have to do the binding and that's going to take forever too. But that's all right. It'll be worth it. I've waited this long <laughs> and I'm just, I'm so thrilled with it right now. It looks so good. Yay. <laughs> that's Yay. awesome. No, and I'm so glad you guys gave me that tip on uh, the border and like doing it because it looks really good. Oh, good. Definitely, it's not straight match sticking. Like, you know, it's a little uh, organic. It's yes, organic. organic. I was just going to say, Lori, Lori has said that. She was like, yes. organic lines. And I was like, yes. very organic. That's fine. It's totally fine. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm really excited for our guests today. I feel like Ginger and I have been doing a lot of work on planning who the guests are this season. And we're like shining a light on some up and coming quilters. And today mm-hmm. is no different. Are you guys ready to go talk to Sharice? I okay. am. Yay. Today in Open Studios, we are joined by Cherise Spain from So Hooked on Treasures. She's a quilter, a quilt designer, a crocheter, pretty much a talented all-around crafter, and someone who I think that you should know. So welcome to the show, Cherise. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you very much. It's so good to be here with all three of you. This is exciting, and thank you so much for having me. Well, you recently submitted a design and I was so intrigued that I looked you up and that was when I was like, oh, hey, like she's someone we need to be watching. So I usually start our conversations asking how you started sewing and quilting. Sure. Well, I technically, you could say I started when I was in high school. So we're talking early to mid 90s. Pre-YouTube, imagine that. I'm dating myself. Mm -hmm. So stop doing the math. I'm 43. There, it's out there. Give it out there. Um, And I was had this mentality. It's like, go big or go home. So I found this book on paper piecing, right? And I was like, I can do this. Yeah, totally crazy for someone who's never, ever quilted in their life. I mean, literally, I never. I had sewn, if you want to count home ec and that sort of thing, but never. So my idea of, you know, seams allowance and pressing and all that was, let's just say way off, way off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still have it, mind you. Mm -hmm. I have never finished it. Probably won't ever. It's one of those things that just kind of reminds me of where I started. But I picked it back up in 2010. I had moved to a small town in Missouri. And I I mean small. And I was really looking to meet new people and make new friends. And I found this program that did all kinds of crafting. And really what stuck was the crocheting and quilting. I mean, they did embroidery and cross stitch, which I had done at one point or another. Um, but you know, those two just were like, we became just glued together and it just kind of took over. (laughs) I'm sure you ladies can relate. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of took over and I wanted all the things to do all the things. And just, I loved it. Um, fast forward, goodness, during COVID, we were living in Germany at the time. And I decided because normally when I create things, I was taking bits and pieces from places or I was taking patterns and making modifications. And then we were also traveling Europe pre-COVID. We were traveling Europe. And so I got inspired by a lot of 
different things in our travels. And I said, you know what, I am going to take some of the things that I've already created and actually start to write them out into patterns and see where this takes me. And life was kind of, um, we'll say, I don't know, struggle, so to speak. Uh, there was personal stuff going on. And I was in a place where I was like, I need to start planning for the future and what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> and yes. I so relate to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, technically, do I still know? No, because this will probably evolve even over the years, you know. But um, I decided to take a chance and to give it a shot. And we were probably about a year out from moving back to the States. And so here I am. And I remember when I first started, because I even I wasn't even really on Instagram at the time. And this was, that's goodness, rewind about two years ago. And a friend in my last guild, she's a pattern tester. I was like, oh, tell me about this pattern testing thing. <laughs> and she said, well, yeah, you just go on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And then immediate eye roll, because I wasn't on IG at the time. And I said, I have to, like, you're going to make me. <laughs> she, she said, well, kind of, if you really want to do this. So I just kind of jumped in and I started pattern testing and, and then um, Instagram actually kind of became more of my Pinterest than it had been. Like I used to get lost mm -hmm. in the Pinterest rabbit hole and then I became, you know, Instagram became that for me instead. So it's kind of strange how that happened, but either way, um, as I'm on Instagram and, you know, maybe my culty life at that point, I actually got a DM from that quarter shop. And I totally have one of those fangirl moments. Like I can't even <laughs> lie and cover it up. I did. Mm -hmm. And um, about being interested in these, their Sew With Me program. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Who said no? <laughs> so I said, was it an issue? Because I'm here in Germany, but you can still send mail. And we had to go through all that logistics and it was, it was fantastic. So we started with that and then their Stronger Together of 2021 uh, was really my first so along with them. Actually, technically maybe my second. Anyways, doesn't matter. Early on and it just kind of progressed from there in our working relationship. And so kind of here we are to this year, which I know I've skipped over a lot of things that have happened in that first year. I mean, a lot, but um, that's kind of how things took off, if you will. Kind of mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious when you say, you know, you, you just, you wanted to start uh, designing patterns. Had you done that before or was it literally like you were starting from ground zero and working your way up? Uh, ground zero. I had not wow. done it before. Like I, as far as like publishing and like putting them out there, um, I had not done that before. So I was working from, this is what, the patterns that I've seen that I like, and I incorporated those ideas. I took what I like, would like in a pattern um, and tried to meld that into, you know, what I consider like my format, my template, if mm -hmm. you will. And most recently, actually, goodness, what was that? Last fall-ish, um, I took the Coulter's Candy pattern writing course with mm -hmm. Elizabeth Chapel. And I think, I mean, I had been doing it for a year at that point, but I said, there's probably tons that I don't know still, especially when it came to the marketing and that sometimes not as fun stuff, that behind the scenes stuff. 
And I took that and it was a great opportunity to network with other uh, up and coming designers. And I'm telling you, like the quilty community, this is going to be a digression. I'm sorry. As just fantastic when it comes to being supportive of you Mm -hmm. and your goals and, and learning and things like that. So that really, really helped in my development. And I also had the opportunity because I did have a little bit, tiny bit of experience under my belt to help with others who were starting from scratch like I did not that long ago. And since, you know, it wasn't so long ago, I hadn't lost all those memories and killed all those brain cells. And, (laughs) you know, from, you know, time in my seven and six-year-old taking those brain cells away. So uh, it was, it's been fantastic. And I have enjoyed being able to take what's in my head and actually get it on paper and then to get it into fabric. Um, It's a little bit uh, unnerving in some aspects because, you know, well, everyone, not say everyone, but what others like what I design, is it just in my head that I think it's great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? It's um, not in your head. It's not no, in your head. No, no. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's literally down like your Instagram rabbit hole and it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. It's just it's just kind of like this vulnerable vulnerable point to to start to do that. And once mm-hmm. you get past that, and Elizabeth was very helpful saying, you know what, Sharice, if you like it, like that is what is important. You will find your people. And th- just true. go with that. Go with what you love and go with what makes you happy. Because if you don't like it and you're not happy with it, how are you going to expect others to actually enjoy it too? So I was like, you know what? That is so true. And that just, yeah. I, I, it's really stuck with me. And even from the kinds of fabrics that I use and, and all that kind of good stuff, it's just, I went with me. Like, what makes me happy? So nice. Well, and I love your aesthetic. Like, I feel like you really, it's so like, I don't, I want to say warm is like the best way. It's it's warm. It's inviting. It's Mm -hmm. yes. Because you have like a lot of those, like, I just, I love all the pinks. Like it just feels like all the different shades of pink are all up in there. And oh oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. You will definitely find pink in just about all of my work. Even if it's like the smallest bit, like pink, that's been my color as long as I can really remember. Um, I don't think it's never not been my color. Since you can have a favorite color, that's been my color. And it actually was at Steel Magnolias when Shelby said, pink is my signature color. Yes. Uh Yes. Yes. She stole my line and I didn't even know it. So I'm curious because, you know, you, you talked about, you know, starting out and working on a pattern and then, um, changing it. Um, and I can relate to that because I feel like I always overcomplicate things. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm just wondering, are you that kind of person where, you know, you follow, you see a quilt and you can't do it just like that (laughs) because, That that's the kind of person easy, I am. Right. That would be too easy. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta somehow make it more difficult. <laughs> I try not to, but it does happen because when you start to, you see this image and you start to break it down into your your quilty mind frame and your your lines. And I don't do curves usually, so you break it down into your quilty lines and how can I piece this together? And next thing you know, I'm like why do I have all these teeny tiny pieces? Sharice, you don't even like teeny tiny pieces. So 
pull out that eraser and let's, let's fix this <laughs> because that's just, no, you don't need to do that. I, you know, especially I like piecing and I, I like the quilting part. Like those are my two favorites. So I'm, I'm totally cool with that. So, but I don't want to have to cut as much as I need to get all those teeny tiny pieces. So that's where my brain goes is that, okay, you don't like to cut that much. So fix it. So you don't have to make all these little cuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, and it's, it depends on, cause I, like I said, I don't like a lot of little pieces, but sometimes you can't help it. Um, and I also like to create patterns than designs that have more negative space where you can play with. Cause I do like to free motion quilt. Um, by no means am I an expert or anything like that, but I, I enjoy that process. So I want to have that freedom to be able to play in the quilting space and the, in the top to, to d- practice my free motion. So I am curious. So you went from Missouri to Germany mm-hmm. Yes. And now you're in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Have you found your quilting community in Georgia? I have. And it's, okay. it's, it's, um, it was great in Germany. So that was like, I am not going to be able to fill these big shoes of that. That was like really my first positive experience in the quilting community as like a guild, so to speak. And because when I was in Missouri, it just wasn't what I thought it would be. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, but so moving here, I am a member of the Augusta Modern Quilt Guild, uh, and it's small, but mighty. They are such a Mm -hmm. great and welcoming group of people. And I love the fact that it's not necessarily like one age group. I mean, it's, like I said, it's small, but we've got, you know, some good diversity in this. We've got women, we've got men, we've got all different shades. We've got different age ranges. It's, it's awesome, which I think is sometimes, you know, um, it, prior experience has been a challenge to find that variety in a guild. It was usually a group that had been together for forever and you just kind of everybody like knows each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I felt like an outsider just, you know, because I hadn't been there for years and years and years. So that's just, uh, I don't know, it's just very different. But here it's been, uh, it's been so great. And even, because of the online community that's there, I haven't felt like even like a break in it. So when we had COVID um, shutdowns in Germany, we couldn't see each other as often, but we still had like our Zoom meetings. But there was also like the, you know, Instagram quilting community that you still had. And then I have finally, you know, I made people here, found my people and it's been awesome. I honestly wouldn't, I don't think in part would not have been able to get through this past uh, couple of years uh, without it. Um, It's been like my, my comfort zone, my happy place, you know, going through uh, changes and moving back from Germany. Um, Our family dynamic has changed. So now I am a single mama of two and then we just moved into a new house and like all the life changes, kind of (laughs) big ones at once. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, if, if it wasn't for having this community, whether they know it or not, and, you know, I just am so incredibly grateful for how that has played out and helping me to get through it. Really. <laughs> Is there anything that was in either of 
the guilds, the new one or the one in Germany, that really stood out to you as a great way that they welcomed you into the fold? Or, you know, something that was particularly good. I always I always like to ask that question just because, you know, I've too had had sort of experiences where I feel felt a little bit like an outsider and mm-hmm. it's a little hard to break in. Yes. So I always ask, like, what was good? Mm-hmm. It, it honestly, it just came down to actually having a conversation, just like talking and it's like, hey, how are you? And, you know, not just getting your name, but also oh, where are you coming from? And just when you first sit down saying, Hey, and just, you know, introducing mm-hmm. yourself. And that's really how it started here. And then when I was in Germany, very similar experience. They, before the first meeting I was able to go to, they had a Friday stitch and gab, usually more gabbing than stitching, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my cup of tea. <laughs> exactly. It was awesome. It was perfect. And so I, attended that first. And mm-hmm. literally, I mean, goodness, like it wasn't half an hour. And it felt like I had known these ladies for forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're even like just, mm-hmm. you know, having a great banter and, and all. And uh, I miss them. You're making me nostalgic. I miss them Aww. already. <laughs> but um, it was cool because they just, you, you just kind of, they didn't treat you like you were new. It was just like, oh, like you had just been there all this time, you know? That's a great idea. So it's, I don't think it's a magic formula per se. It's just making them feel like they're another person. Like they, you know, not, not necessarily not special, but like they aren't necessarily new. That they're just, hey, mm-hmm. welcome to the group. Here you go. Jump right in. <laughs> right. I feel like that's a different situation too, where where it's a little more casual than a meeting where yeah. you don't have to go through right. all of the steps of the meeting. And so right. it's an easier way to break the ice. Definitely, definitely. Because it was literally, it's just, you know, whatever you want to work on, bring it. Bring a lunch, or sometimes we just walk across the street to the the cantina and have lunch. Either way, it was just it was very relaxed. It, you didn't like you said you don't have that formality of part of your guild meeting that um, you have to contend with, so to speak. So I'm curious, where do you see yourself going in quilting? Do you have a vision for that, or is it just you? Or are you the type of person who just sort of says yes to things and sees where it goes? I am trying to get my vision um, because I, I do want to do and experience all the things uh, just because there's so much out there. And that's just kind of how I have always been. You know, there's this whole big world. Let's experience it. Let's do this. But I know from a practical standpoint, that's just not possible. <laughs> it's definitely not possible. But what I do enjoy is the design process. I do enjoy teaching also, whether it's, um, I teach at a local, uh, local quilt shop, Augusta Sewing Center. And so I have that. I've done other things like with the guild and I, fingers crossed, I, I'm going to put this out there. That's okay. If, mm-hmm. I, if I get turned down or not, but I've applied to teach at QuiltCon for next year. Ooh, um, fingers yes. crossed. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, it's just one of those things like the, I just feel like if it's something I want to try to experience and do, I I want to, and I might find that, you know what, I, this is just not me, 
Um, I know that mm-hmm. teaching is me. That's definitely me. But as I go through other things and start to try them, if it doesn't, you know, fit with me and then, you know, it's like, okay, lesson learned. You tried. Let's move on, you know. Mm-hmm. But ideally, where I see myself going is is definitely along the the teaching and designing route. Also, um, what I have been getting into that I would like to continue, my third thing, if you will, is I do Pinterest management for other quilters, hmm. other designers. So it's just like, they, it's like, I know I need to do this, Sharice, but I don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> it's just not my thing, you know? So I have been able to, it's like, okay, well, I will just take over basically handling your Pinterest account and posting your content and things like that. Because it's a different sort of interaction between Pinterest and Instagram, you know? Mm-hmm. There's definitely more this connection and um, being in touch with your audience when it comes to Instagram. But Pinterest mm-hmm. is more of like this search engine. Like people just want to go and get ideas, like be inspired. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care about Sharice. They just want to know, does Sharice have actually good ideas, you know, <laughs> for anybody <laughs> else? <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, it, either way, I have um, had the opportunity like to work with Quilters Candy and, and a few others and um, in handling their Pinterest accounts. So those are the three things that I am trying to focus on right now. Um, there's other things that I really want to do, but I'm just trying to take a step back. Like, for example, publishing patterns in magazines. Um, that's been uh, something that I've been wanting to do. And I've had um, one so far. And so hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, if, you know, things work out, then there will be others. So it's just one of those experience things that I didn't like. I don't know if I'll like it, but I won't know. Unless I try, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, well, and you submitting your pattern got Tracy's eyeballs yeah. and now you're here. So exactly. you know, it's like exactly. it all just comes about. <laughs> yes, you never know what could possibly happen. And I'm telling you, like, it just the what I envisioned, even you know, a year, year and a half ago, year and a half ago, when I first started this is nothing what I thought it would look like as it like in today's, my today's glasses, if you will. It's been um, mind blowing, really, um, just how things have happened and transpired. And that's just, you know, it just shows me that in, in God's perfect timing, you walk in the direction that he wants you to, then you know, you'll get there. You will mm-hmm. find your path. You will find your happy. You will find your joy. And, and I'm there. And, and I, I told you about all these like things that have changed and transpired. And as, as tough as those may seemingly be, they have all worked for good. And I am just so excited about even where things will be even, you know, this time next year. Like, I just can't even imagine at this point. I'm not even going to try to really because <laughs> I was so wrong a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my wrong. gosh, I know. I know. Same, same. <laughs> well, you know what though? You are so inspiring. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's so funny. I don't even think you realized it, but like, I was totally taking notes this whole time while you were talking. I'm like bringing up websites, <laughs> doing this, doing that. So mm-hmm. I think that, that you are a teacher by nature. Like I, like I said, mm-hmm. I don't even think you were trying and I feel like I've learned a lot just in this short conversation. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's really good to hear because otherwise, if someone said, you know what, Sharice, you might want to rethink that teaching thing. That is good to know. That's good feedback in itself. (laughs) Follow that path. (laughs) I mean, especially if it brings you joy, you know, like that's, that's the, 
That's the thing. All right. So now we've gotten to the point in the show where I like to ask you if there's anything that you're working on that you want our listeners to know about. Sure. Oh, goodness. I will try to keep this short because there's just way too many to <laughs> talk about in a few short minutes. But um, I am working on um, a couple patterns. Um, one coming out in April and one coming out this summer. It's a Christmas in July, if you will. Ooh, that's my little My hint. favorite. Yes, that, that's my <laughs> hint for that one. And mm-hmm. the fun part was that that's when I actually started in my pattern writing course, which was not, it was maybe in October. I said, maybe I can squeak this out. And I was like, no, because then I'm just be rushing it and I'll wait. So and do you know how hard, I'm, I'm sure you do. It's hard to sit on a pattern for that long and you just want to yeah. share it and you can't. Mm. Either way, so... um so I'm working on that. I'm currently, as we speak, in the middle of a, a sew-along um, in conjunction with Fat Quarter Shop for their Stronger Together uh, fundraising quilt for Black History Month. Uh, I had the privilege of being able to design it this year uh, when they asked me. Another fangirl moment. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I was extremely oh. excited and so, so excited. And then I got to uh, join Kimberly for one of her live streams uh, last mm-hmm. month, which was, goodness, just... Pretty exciting. Yes. Like, I can't even, like, I can't even find a word that is, you know, more than exciting. It's just, like, as exciting as being here with you ladies. Like, I just, it doesn't feel like my life, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do have patterns in the works, like, and I'm teaching locally, if anybody here is here in Georgia. And I have also have gotten in... Um, contacts from other guilds who are looking for speakers. So another teaching opportunity that uh, I'm looking forward to to enjoying, like one is in Macon and my aunt and cousin live in Macon. I was like, hey, I need you to save me a bed in October because mm-hmm. I'm coming. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it just, um, like I said, there are so many things like I, I guess never imagined. So those are the the big things that I have coming up. And I hope that with the, the new patterns and possibly uh, another sew along this year. I've um, put feelers out of applications out for another, uh, uh, we'll say partnership possibly this year. We'll see how that goes. And I also still have the, um, I'm part of the Riley Blake Designs Influencer Program. So um, that has been super fun and working with, goodness, one of my favorite manufacturers of fabric. So uh, I've had the pleasure of working with such great people in, in that respect. So we'll continue that partnership in, in conjunction with, so you'll notice a lot of my patterns will have Riley Blake fabrics. So just, you know, now you know why. <laughs> it just ends up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I started out with Riley Blake too, actually. Oh, did years you? Years ago. Yeah. I came in up in my memories on Facebook recently and I was like, wow, I'm so excited to get like my first box, a box of fabric. So um, we'll put links to your Instagram and all of your, all of the things you've mentioned in the awesome. show notes so that Thank our you. listeners can just go and click on a link and, and find you. Um, but it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm so excited that we finally got this to work out and, yes. and you are here. Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. Truly, the pleasure is mine. And I, I have so much enjoyed meeting you all. Aww. Well, the Tracy, you called mutual. it. 
Yep. And Tracy, you called it. You said she is a star on the rise. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we got to talk to you now because a year from now, you're going you to be like, I was like, you're going to be like, uh, quilt and tell who? What? <laughs> no, no. I'm so like, yeah, I was there. I was there. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you so much. And like I said, we'll put all the links in the show notes so that everyone can start following you. Well, thank you. Hey, you guys, guess what? What, what? We got mail. Yay! (laughs) So, so I thought it was really interesting. You know, the last episode, you know, we decided in our um, Find Finishes segment that the controversial topic would be uh, quilted coats and the controversy surrounding that currently in the industry. And I just, first of all, want to apologize for how many times I said, you know, I realized I was a little bit upset, and clearly that is what I say. Um, so I apologize. Uh, but this morning, um, so today is actually the day that the the episode dropped, and by six thirty five a.m., I already had the first email, and That's we just got another awesome. one while we were talking. So That's awesome. This was so cool. I just needed to read it to you. So this is from Nancy Hurt. She said, loved your podcast today. I have loved quilts since marrying into a family of quilt hoarders. His immediate family did not sew nor use the quilts that I found in a cedar closet after they all passed away. Most were sewn from scraps of of the 30s and 50s fabrics. There were over 100 tops and maybe 50 or more that had been quilted and lightly used. I threw them on beds, and we used many of them for years. Early on, after marrying in 1972, I joined an older group of ladies that got together in each other's homes, set up a quilting frame, pinned in their finished masterpiece, and the process began. Quilt and Chatter was the name of that group that began in the 50s. It was here my love of quilting, piecing, and listening began. Their stories, their hardships, their secret loves were stitched into every piece. Upon their guidance, I quickly made my first four-inch square patch quilt for my young daughter and held my first quilting at his grandmother's home. Ours was not near big enough to hold the frame, let alone 10 to 12 ladies. Everyone contributed to lunches on these wonderful days, so food was always special too. Fast forward 50 years, I have machine quilted many of the tops over time, but I found that we don't use them like we did. My kids are grown. Our beds have all grown to king size, outgrowing the quilts for bedding. I've given so many away to shelters and foster care places, and my kids and grands all have plenty. Now I have a niece in California that I've donated everything I have left to make clothing. She's an artist. And between her and my 80-year-old sister, her mom, she has revived pieces of these quilts into amazing works of art. I couldn't be more thrilled. Please look her up in, I, in Instagram under 
Shayo. So I'll put the link in the show notes um, to her. Her stuff is really super cool. She turns quilts, linens, tablecloths, etc. into creations so beautiful. She digitizes her drawings and adds embroidery everywhere. None of the quilts were heirloom quality. They were made to be used, washed, and loved. I have sewn hundreds of quilts in my lifetime, but I sewed them all with the same feeling in mind. I wash and dry them as soon as they are bound to be given away and used and loved. I see so many quilters sew their works of art only to be folded up on a rack or stored away. I think there are different ideas for sure on this topic. I didn't mean to go on and on, but this is a hot topic. Thank you all for your time. I hope you'll take a look at my niece. She's amazing. She taught at San Francisco Art Institute previously. She now lives with her mom after moving back home to help with her dad who had Parkinson's. He died during COVID under the worst of times in a nursing home. And they have been sewing production style the past several years. Sewing by day. Selling at pop-ups on weekends and online. And then she said, oh oh my, this is a book. Hugs. Nancy Hurt from Tologa, Oklahoma. Oh, Nancy, that's fabulous. It's oh. wonderful. It's really wonderful. And it's it's the perfect example of of what we talked about, where some quilts are, it's fine to make clothing mm-hmm. out of. It's just mm-hmm. fine. I completely forgot that some of the reason why I don't use some of the anti-quilts that I have is because they don't fit the bed. Yes. Yeah. You know, when... when when the quilt, uh, even the quilts that I made when I first started in the nineties aren't big enough for beds today because the mattresses are all so much thicker. Right. You know, and yeah. if you were old like me back in the day when I got married, nobody had anything but a double size bed. Mm. Yes. And the quilts that we have now are huge in comparison. Right. Right. It's amazing. But I thought that was just such a wonderful. Wonderful story. First thing this morning, I, yes. you know, it was like as soon as I turned, you know, turned off my alarm and looked at my phone, there was a message, and um, I thought it was just really, really sweet. Um, and I hadn't even thought of that, and I was so glad that someone had, you know, been inspired already. First thing yes. this morning to to write in. Um, we actually got another quick message while we were recording this. Um, and oh, I haven't amazing. even read the whole thing, so oh, uh, but I'm going to take say, a chance. Yeah, Go ahead. Can I say one thing? I wanted yeah. to just point out one thing that she said in her letter, Nancy did, that I thought was really awesome. And it was when she talked about her love of quilting, piecing, and listening. Like, I just mm-hmm. thought that was really awesome. Like, I, I just, I had this, like, just this image came to mind of doing all of those things. And I just absolutely love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I miss that, you know, I, I, even when I started quilting back in the 90s, people still did that. They got together, put a quilt on the frame, and, you know, all stitched. Um, and it's just not something that happens anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of sad. It like, makes me mm-hmm. sad, too. Maybe that'll come back a little. Maybe. I mean, it, it could. <laughs> we'll have to figure out a way to make it come back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would just be so great if we could, because oh. I just feel like that's, I feel like that's part of the disconnect that's happening right now. Yeah. So we don't be. all talk anymore. Yeah. You know, it's a singular, singular thing that you do when you quilt your, your quilt by machine now. So, well, anyway, I don't, right. 
we want to read this next one? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay. Hi, Tracy and all. I love listening to your podcast while I work in my sewing room. I was very interested in your talk about people making quilts into coats. It amazes me that people will get so worked up over this. I was curious enough to go find a link to the video you uh, talked about. I think I found a link in another designer's page also asking for opinions. I found it very interesting to learn that the video had been taken down because of gasp, copyright issues. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I digress. I have no problem taking an item with an intended purpose, which is no longer usable for that purpose, and turning it into something that someone else finds enjoyable. None. Unless the folks making these coats are coming to my house and stealing my quilts for this, (laughs) I have no problem with it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) We have no way of knowing where they are acquiring these quilts. And I find it very presumptuous of some to say that they are using antique or or otherwise items to make these coats. I think these are the same people who are mad when they give up a quilt as a gift and then presume to expect the quilt to be used in a specific manner. And the folks who get their panties in a wrinkle when they see a gilt-framed mirror for sale for $150 at Goodwill when it was donated. Yeah. <laughs> Once you give or discard something, you have given up your right to say how it is used. I am also of the belief that there are thousands of quilts out there that will never find a home past the box in the closet. Hope you have a great day. Pat Spicer. Nice. Thanks, Although- Pat. Although, I would not be opposed to, like, people coming in, taking my quilts, and then going and making clothes out of them. (laughs) At least some of them. Like, I'm like, I don't know. No, it just gave me this vision of, like, a whole different type of quilt quilt police. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I think think she had lots of really good points there. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely a different perspective. Uh, And also, just, I, I think there are... There are lots of different ways to make quilts and enjoy them. And if you like to make quilts that you want to be displayed and and cared for and passed down, that's fine. Um, But also, I think that there are lots of people who just make quilts for the fun of making quilts and don't really care if the dog sleeps on it. Mm -hmm. And those are completely different items. So that's all I got to say on that. Oh, I'm sure we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna have plenty more to say. Exactly. Yeah, I have a feeling that this one's gonna just keep going in a slow burn. Yeah, yeah. but that's okay. I like the burn. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah, and I also like hearing everyone's opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if you don't even agree with us. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, we totally. want to hear it. So. Well, it has been so much fun talking to you guys. I know. Oh, I miss is. you. I miss you all. I know. Well, all right. Next time, we will have a completely different conversation and hopefully talking about a different controversial topic at the end. There you go. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Talk to you next time. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, 
and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. It's time for Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. Handy Quilter long arm quilting machines and accessories. Your host is Tracy Mooney. Joining me for today's installment of Fine Finishes is Samantha Andruski. She's a first grade teacher, a prolific quilter and sewist, and a handy quilter ambassador. Welcome, Samantha. Hi, it's so good to be here. Well, we are so happy to have you here. So today, Samantha is going to answer yet another burning question. The controversial question today is, you need to make money with your quilting? Yeah, I feel like this really is a question that everybody gets asked once they start making things. Like as soon as you're making a physical product, people want you to sell it or um, make money on it in some way. And I think it's happens with every craft. I know my mom uh, went through cycles and cycles. She had, (laughs) she probably sold like five different crafts at craft fairs through my life. So I definitely saw it happening my whole life. My mom would start a craft. My mom would monetize a craft. She'd burn out on a craft. We'd start a new craft. (laughs) (laughs) So um, having that experience in my life, I have set like a very firm boundary with quilting as quilting is my thing for me. It is something I do. I share it with people for fun and I don't sell anything. And I think that is shocking to so many people all the time. <laughs> you know, I think that that as I you know, had flashbacks as you were talking uh, and I was thinking about when I was younger and, you know, when people realize that you can make something with your hands, the first thing they say is, oh, you should sell it. Every time. I can't even tell you now how many people find out that I'm a quilter. And for some reason, they know I'm an editor of a magazine, right? But they still go, oh, you should start an Etsy shop. And I just think, I am plenty busy. Thank you. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I've had an Etsy shop. Um, I've done it. But uh, with quilting, it's it's so different because it's so time consuming. It Mm -hmm. is so, it would be so difficult to make quilts and sell them for what would make it worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. And especially because I am a first grade teacher, I don't have a lot of time during the school year. I have more time in the summer, but during the school year, I'm so busy with working and all of that. I don't have time to like crank out a bunch of quilts to sell. And I'm in a place where my family's and my family and friends are in a baby boom. I have I <laughs> the ninth baby of 2020 was oh just announced, God. so I'm You're not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got baby quilts like crazy to make as gifts. I would so much prefer to be making those baby quilts for friends and family, being part of my friends and family special memories, than to be making quilts for other people that I don't know and selling them. So that's really where it comes down to to me. It's like it's my thing for me. And it's such a special thing to share with people who are important to me. If I were monetizing it, I would have to focus on that and wouldn't get the chance, you know, to share it in a more personal way. I, I, I can agree with you. Um, and, and so I have a next question. It, mm-hmm. it kind of ties in. So y- you have a handy quilter long arm mm-hmm. and um, a moxie. No, it would not be a long arm, so it's actually a mid Yeah, I call it a long <laughs> arm. It's long enough. <laughs> it's long enough. I agree. I agree. So my 
question, since I've known so many quilters who have wanted to upgrade to a long arm or mid arm, and they feel like they need to monetize that too. So what advice do you have for people? For me personally, the Moxie, it's a mid-arm, it's smaller. It's the smallest one that Handy Quilter makes on a frame. And so for me, the price, while, you know, while it's still more expensive than a normal sewing machine, the price point of the Moxie made me feel better about buying it just for me. And everyone looks at it and says, well, what, how is that? How is that making money? But it's not, it's making me a lot of joy though. I love it. Well, there you have it, folks. The answer to another burning quilt question. Thanks so much for joining us today, for clearing that up, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. And it's, I feel very strongly about it. And that's it for today's Fine Finishes, brought to you by Handy Quilter. To find out more about Handy Quilter's fine line of products, visit their website, handyquilter.com. Until next time, good night and good luck with your quilting. <laughs>